Why is the difference between 90 and 100 on this computer so back? I swear I did not change the volume of my voice at all, but if I turn this up by literally 10%, it is, it goes from almost nothing to completely blasting. Okay, well, I guess I'll do 90 then. <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know, audio is weird and bad. Audio's weird. And you would think after how long? I don't want to talk about it. I don't know, like three years. Yeah, it, it's still like a, an effort, like an everlasting problem that like, I feel like everything I do to make myself not blow out a microphone, like it, it amounts to nothing. My, my voice levels are just insane. It's four years, actually. Four years. That's good. That's a, a nice, solid, even number. Welcome to direct video VHS. VHS? A podcast where we pair movies like fine wine. I am your host, Tony Robusto. I am your host, Andy Reyes. Wow, you just got so much louder for me. I don't know why. I, I just have. <laughs> this is what I mean. I'm, I'm, I don't know what it is about <laughs> my voice. It like plays havoc with microphones. Today we watched Pixar's newest masterpiece, Lightyear. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> I just like vibrated in my seat um we certainly did watch it um yeah we, mm -hmm. it was a movie it was 105 minutes long which is honestly it felt longer than that uh-huh uh, uh the f yeah it did which isn't altogether like a negative no um but there are some parts of this movie that feel like they take a long time and that's good. And there are some parts of this movie that feel like they take a long time and it's bad. Yes. I am so confused. This movie hits weird. And I think part of that is because I'm, and I guess you are also by extension. So I don't know if you feel this way. Like I'm one of the OG Toy Story kids. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. I can tell you the main reason this movie hits so weird for me personally. Yeah. There is a sentence at the opening of this movie. Yes. That turns it into the most buckwild movie imaginable. Mm-hmm. And the sentence claims... See, Andy had said that this was the, the movie that told the story of the man... That the toy, toy was, was based, based on. on. That was the line that was given to reporters. That was the, the infamous tweet. Early development, right? And that was back when all we saw was like Buzz Lightyear in a normal space suit. And we were like, what's happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which he does wear throughout most of the movie, which is baffling. Whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, but no, what this is, supposedly, is the movie that Andy... The Kid in Toy Story watched in 1995, which for a few reasons is crazy, that then became his favorite movie and his favorite toy was based on and the video game was based on and the Zerg toy was based on. That's the wild. That's one of the wildest parts. That toy has a cape. Oh, that toy has a skirt. Yeah. And Zerg was walking around with big giant robot feet, and I was like, where's his skirt? Where's the cape? He's supposed to float, I think. Yeah, like... What this movie, what it felt like. This is a movie you get when a character or a franchise has been around for almost 30 years. Yeah. 
which is this is a reimagining of what Buzz Lightyear is. And that would be fine, except that they then claim that, no, this is the original. This is the one that Andy Watt, this is going to be weirdly meta for me because I also go by Andy and- It's troubling. (laughs) But the fact that this is in the fiction that this movie has set up, one, it's a live action movie, I assume, because- like no, I guess. no stylization like is done that makes me think that this movie like like it's the same animation. It's Pixar's animation style, right? Like that's right. how they animate movies. And um, so in universe, it's probably live action. Yeah, it's like this. Is, the the idea being that like this is the this is the Star Wars quote unquote of the Toy Story world, right? Which would be which would be a little rough because it's. Not as good as Star yeah, Wars. it's not that good. But also, like that's more that, lesbians, though. That yeah, that's kind of smart because also more um, people of color, which is nice. It's so weird, though. Like because <laughs> sorry, no. Let me stop for a second. This movie was supposedly released in nineteen ninety five. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there is a black gay woman, and I just don't buy it. Mm-hmm. Now it they, it does do the fucking Disney thing. It does do the Disney thing of introducing this very cool black gay woman and then killing her off so that we don't have to think about how gay people are a thing. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but even that about, mm-hmm. it's just taken us as a society so long to get there. It's, it's Toy Story's society just like that much more accepting of people. It's just a better society. Well, I think I mean, part of it is just like the, the reality of like making that movie today. They've made a lot of choices that I think come from a place of like, well, we want to be supportive. We want to be diverse. But the mm-hmm. the, the reality is, is that when this franchise was like imagined way back in 1995, like black people don't exist in that movie. <laughs> I don't think you really ever get like any hint of a person of color until Toy Story 3. That's the and that's not that's like that's like not coming from a place of like, you know, overt like racism, right? Like I'm not saying that the people who made Toy Story are racist. I'm saying that they are that they weren't diverse and that those conversations weren't happening at the time. What what Toy Story is is really a conversation about white kids growing up because in Toy Story 2 there's a big thing about how like it used to be westerns were huge and that strikes me as a very like white person thing to be huge Mm -hmm. and then space stuff was huge and like similarly I know obviously you don't have to be white to be obsessed with space but you know for a long time astronauts were white people you know and so it it has that same it has that same feeling Mm -hmm. of it's it's not like they came at it from a negative perspective they just literally didn't think in that way and this movie does try to make you think in that way and at least that's something and that's fine my issue is it feels bad if a movie cannot stick the landing but tried to be inclusive because it makes me feel madder that the movie wasn't as good you know, if that makes sense. Like, I no, think I get the, what you're saying. Absolutely. I think the Buzz Lightyear movie we just watched, which I had a real problem with the female character in it, i.e. there only being one. 
uh, I think that one was better. And I think that's the big thing is that like you look at the individual pieces of Lightyear 2022 and there's good stuff there. Uh-huh. Like the art design is really good. The voice acting is largely competent. The like basic writing on the back of a notepad idea for the plot is pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Oh, except for one thing that is my biggest issue. <laughs> but keep going. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Then, but then the the script hits you, and the things that the characters are saying hit you, and the movie happens to you, and it's just not good. Like it's so weak. It's compared to the sum, like the 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 sum of its parts is so much weaker than the parts, and you're just kind of left feeling like, why does any of this exist? Like, what is the purpose of this piece of media other than trying to remind kids that Toy Story matters? Because I'm almost 30, and, like, this made me go, I don't think Toy Story matters that much. <laughs> like, And I, I grew up with that shit. That was my movie. I can recite that first Toy Story movie bought from memory to this day. I'm pretty sure I've watched it hundreds of times. That was my movie as a kid. You can recite the, the bonus features to that movie. <laughs> That's right. The, that, we're at the very back end of the VHS. Um, I watched the shit out of it, and I'm I sat there watching this, and I was like, "It's not that important, you guys." Like, it was it's good, and it was nice, but like this movie has no identity of its own. The only identity it has is in reflection of Buzz Lightyear. It's what it reminded me of, and this is going to be such a weird pull because it's been too long since these since these comics came out. But do you remember, they were very big for a little while in, like, indie circles. Do you remember the Flintstones comics? I No, no, I do not. I think I know what you're talking about, though. So there were these Flintstones comics that came out that were basically, what if Flintstones, instead of being just, like, a goofy version of a modern sitcom, was an indictment of modern society? (laughs) I remember this now. And it was really fascinating, and people like loved that those versions of those characters. And I think part of the reason it worked is because those comics weren't very long running. They like didn't overstay their welcome. Unlike the Scooby Doo ones, which yeah, wherein Velma Scoob. started the zombie apocalypse, I think. But like, yes, that's what this movie is. It's like we are taking a well known franchise and doing something weird with it. To sort of give it some new life. And again, that would be fine. Except that then they try to tell me that this is that original movie. And that doesn't make sense. Part of the problem is is it's too goddamn reverent, right? Like, mm-hmm. the, the reason that, like, um, the kind of the modern Archie comics that are also kind of doing something like that. Or even Riverdale the show. <laughs> Riverdale the show is maybe the least reverent to its source material. <laughs> Exactly. And that's like, if you're going to do something like that, where you're like, I I want to ponder like, you know, like the Archie comics, I think do this better, especially when um, I think Chip Zdarsky was running them. Mm. Um, Like he he completely reframed those comics. They were in conversation with the old like Dime Store magazine comics and like talking about like Americana and what that even means today. And like, why do we still care about these characters? Why do we still care about like, there's a comic where they're like, isn't this diner so fucking weird? Like, why is this diner still exist? Right, why, like, do, why do we hang out in a 50s diner? <laughs> diner. Um, Cause it's, it's trying to point out something about like American culture and like 
how we still cling to these symbols of the like 40s and through the 60s for some reason and like what we need to figure out what that reason is and and that's really fascinating and like it doesn't come from a place of reverence it comes from a place of like this is a largely influential piece of mass media right why like why do people care about archie and betty and veronica and jughead like and like scooby-doo occasionally does the same thing like why do people care about these characters like we need to be a little meta about this because scooby-doo is so weird as like a piece of media that's perpetuating teenage mutant ninja turtles does this every other generation too right this is toy story trying to do that like we're gonna try to look back at ourselves but they the the ground that is walked on is too hallowed we can't we can't be mean about it we can't point out the ridiculous stuff about it we can only try to patch over it try to fix it i think that this would have worked better as a Woody's Roundup movie, because I bet you they would have oh allowed themselves God. to let that be silly. Except, yeah. except that um, I do think a Western is a way harder needle to thread. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've, we've, and also, like, Westerns are an old genre, yeah. right? Like, like, we've been making Westerns since the 1930s, and, like, our relationship with the Western has already gone through, like, every possible meditization and, con- and like, self-reflection, right? Like, you have movies that are coming out that are based on movies that were based on movies that were based on movies at this point in the history of, like, the Western, right? I mean, Buzz Lightyear is based on Star Trek, right? And Star Trek's already a space Western. So yeah, so you do kind of wonder how deep the rabbit hole goes. It, I mean, it's endless, right? That's kind right. of the 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 thing about what is it? Like, no media is original or whatever. But this this movie, unlike I think those examples, this movie is just so it's it's devoid of purpose. Even the really really weird bad stuff that has come out of like riverdale the show right or um any any other any other remake of a property that has happened because that's what this is it's an it's a remake of a property essentially right it's a reboot it is a hard reboot on buzz Lightyear. hard yeah, hard reboot on buzz Lightyear. um they held uh, that power button for 15 full seconds <laughs> Uh, they took out the cartridge, blew on it a little bit. They're like, we're not saving this run. That was a decent joke. And that was the one thing that they did in that movie where I was like, that could have been in 1995. Yeah, right. I, de- I definitely saw that and I was like, that's cute. That's fun. He never does it again, which is a shame. He should have done it one last time at the end. Yeah. I don't hate this movie. I don't think there's enough there for me to hate it. <laughs> but I found myself forgetting about it as soon as it was over. So let's talk about it. This movie came out in 1995, quote unquote. Buzz Lightyear is a space ranger on board the Turnip, a Mm -hmm. massive research vessel that is, I don't actually know what it's doing. It's going somewhere. Here's the thing. I don't think they ever say. The Turnip was landed for research reasons on this planet, which was not its original destination. Yeah, this was a detour. Yeah, they were just going to go check out whatever this was. Seems hugely unnecessary. They should have taken like a smaller craft to land on the planet or something. That That is such a dangerous detour, right? Like space is a scary place. You don't just land your whole fucking ship on a planet you don't know anything about. And this kind of, this as I talk about it, it kind of happens immediately. But this isn't Star Trek. 
which you don't need it to be, I guess, but I, I always imagined Buzz Lightyear to be Star Trek. He always had, like, a new adventure every week, hot from planet to planet, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, even the, the like, the 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 relationship of that character, right? Like, like as a quote-unquote space ranger. It, and also, like, Zerg is clearly, like, Borg, right? Like, there's just a lot there. This movie is definitely pref- wants to be more, like, Star Wars, which is weird. They leaned away instead of leaning in, and that was a strange choice, especially since we just watched a movie where they just made it Star Trek. <laughs> I wonder why, right? Like, like you're Disney, you own Star Wars. You don't need to make another Star Wars style movie. You don't. Disney doesn't have anything like Star Trek under its belt, except for maybe Wally. Uh, but at the end of Wally, they they all come back home anyway. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like this could have been like their way of like expanding more into that more more optimistic style like sci-fi. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they that they hard like go back onto the freeway to take another exit is weird. It's because it happens. It happens like. Two minutes into this movie, they land on this planet. Buzz Lightyear's doing his little monologue. He gets made fun of. We've se- you've seen this in the trailer. He still loves the monologues, which is good. He does say ground it's- seems a bit unstable, and he'll say something else that's a direct quote from Toy Story. Yeah, and yeah. On the one hand, I found it charming, um, but as I kept watching the movie, I thought, oh no, he said the Toy Story quotes, but do you know what he's not going to say? Any of the Buzz Lightyear lines that come out of the Buzz Lightyear toy. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't say any of them. He doesn't say there's a secret mission in uncharted space. He doesn't say Buzz Lightyear to the rescue. <laughs> he doesn't do any of that. It's because it's too hammy, right? Like if this, but if this was like, here's, here's the thing. And I think, I think this is a thing that we haven't really stated. This isn't a movie for kids, oddly enough. I don't think any kid would give a shit about this movie. It, not enough happens. <laughs> they might like some aspects of it. It's more, it, and this was honestly my reaction to the trailer too, is it feels like an older sci-fi movie in that like in the 50s and 60s, sci-fi movies were not really aimed at kids. Yeah. They had these like really high concept ideas about, for instance, what happens if you go near the speed of light and lose years off of your life? Oh my God. We're going to talk or about years this. Years off of everybody else's I'm life. I'm so fucking mad about this, but we'll get there. Um, um, like what happens to you psychologically if you do that? And this movie asks that question and honestly doesn't do enough with it if it's going to ask that question but that's heavy for a kid it's you know it's so much of the old i haven't i'm gonna be disclaimer i haven't seen star trek i'm not a nerd um but mm-hmm. like <laughs> sorry i haven't seen star trek it's just it's not it wasn't a part of my life growing up i don't i that was a joke by the way like i highly respect star trek and what it's tried to do i've seen the new also, movies Andy is that's a nerd. it don't let him I just happen to be a different nerd. Yeah, I just happen to be like better, better than the gods, maybe even. Um, you watched the new Star Trek. You watched Star Trek Into Darkness, didn't you? I watched Star Trek Beyond by myself in the theater <laughs> <laughs> on Valentine's Day when it came out. Oh my god! <laughs> and I went to the ticket counter and I was like, "Can I get a ticket to Star Trek Beyond?" And the guy was like, two tickets." And I was like, "No." No. <laughs> one one ticket, please. And he was like, are you sure? And I was like, I'm not going to go ask somebody right now, my guy. The movie starts in like five minutes. He was just trying to be a good wingman. Yeah, but uh, uh, 
Star Trek spends a lot of time, especially the old Star Treks, just talking about what it's talking about. Like it, the questions mm-hmm. characters will in the fiction say the the moral that they're trying to to learn and discuss it with each other. They'll bring up different viewpoints. They'll have a thorough conversation. This movie never does that, but it it always feels like it's about to. There is a therapist cat who probably should have brought some of this stuff up. He's also never, the best character That in the movie. cat never does therapy, and I am furious about it. Furious. Anyway. One of the biggest things about this movie that's so annoying is that it'll bring up a question, and all the characters will sit down and look thoughtful and be like, oh, this is such a hard question. And then we move on to the next scene, and they don't talk about it. And they don't talk about their feelings about it. It's just like, and then we'd never bring it up again. We never, it just, it doesn't come up. So Buzz Lightyear and his boss slash best friend. (laughs) Alicia Hawthorne. They're going into this jungle. Buzz is talking about how he doesn't need anybody else. He's like rookies dragging him down, stuff like that. Buzz has both a gun and a laser sword, and he should not have either of those things. I realize that this movie doesn't want to be as camp as it needs to be, but I don't understand why they think a laser on your wrist is more camp than a laser gun. Because he has a laser on his wrist, and then later, he'll just strap the gun to his wrist like that's the same thing. Like, then you would make a toy that just had a little light there instead. They are fighting so hard not to make it look like remotely anything like the toys that they designed like 30 years ago. Which is so strange. It's a good design. It's iconic as shit. And then like, like the sword is such a weird one too. Cause it doesn't look like it doesn't look it. He pulls out this sword and I was immediately like, they have machetes. Why? Yeah. It's a, it's a machete, but the edge like it's electrical. <laughs> yeah. It's a vibro blade or something. Yeah. It's a little bit like, um, you know what those, you know those robots that General Grievous has? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a little bit like those guys. And and I was like, all right, a machete's weird, but okay, maybe like that's as. And then he pulls out a gun, and I was like, all right, well, <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> like, the toy never came with a gun. It's so odd. No, do you know what the toy came with? It came with a belt that lets you float. And you know what? That's not in this movie. Oh, that's right. Also, they they changed the 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 button, the big button on the chest. That's like, oh, that was the worst part. It, it's this. We're skipping all over the place, but I do want to talk about just like all these changes that they've made because that. Yeah, button, let's talk about the design changes to Buzz. They that made that, so the button in the movie is the thing that like deploys the jetpack and the wings, and like this is how I fly, right? And, and you know, right. You get that scene where he falls. Um, but then in this, he's like, this is the surrender lever, which is like one nonsense. That's not what it's it is. Not, for one thing, it's very not cool. For another thing, it's a pull cord instead of a button, which seems weird. And third thing, this quote unquote surrender button, it inflates you like a raspberry. Like you're surrendering to the forces of like hitting a wall on the highway or something. Like it's I, just a bunch of airbags. If it if it was like, hey, this is, this pull cord activates your activates your like activates a cushioning device for if you're falling from a great height, like say space, that would make sense. That I would be like, yeah, okay, cool, yeah. Maybe they don't have the jetpacks yet, so this is their solution. 
But no. But no. It's not that. Also, Buzz Buzz Lightyear in this fucking movie is incredibly averse to pushing anything that vaguely resembles an eject button. (laughs) Yeah, which is weird because apparently the coolest thing you can do in this universe is push the eject button. You push the eject button and you become the Buzz Lightyear toy that we want. Right, you become Buzz Lightyear. (laughs) Anyway, so... Buzz and Alicia are on this planet. It's, It's a living planet. It's like living vines. The planet is just like constantly attacking everything. And it. they try to get back to the big turnip ship to fly off. But Buzz refuses to accept help and crashes a little bit. Not even like a lot. He crashes Only a little a bit. a little bit, but in a way that fucks up the ship beyond repair. <laughs> he, it's a bad, it's a bad look. Because it destroys their magic crystal, of which I guess they only have one, which seems like a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Their magic crystal that lets them go into hyperspeed. And this is what the entire rest of the movie is going to be about. Which is itself kind of fascinating, but I don't know if it's a good idea, you know? Uh. So then we cut to a year later, and my first issue was like, wow, these guys are good at their jobs. <laughs> Everybody but Buzz is exceptional at their job. They, these fucking scientists and engineers, like, holy shit, they have to be the best of the best. They move the big ship, like, three times over the course of this year montage. It's very impressive. They didn't need to. <laughs> they built what, what is essentially a city in a year. <laughs> at some point, Buzz tries to court-martial himself for his mistake, which is very funny. I did like that scene. That was, it was, it was hilarious. I, if, so if Star Command was more of a thing in this movie, I think I would have liked it a lot better. I, oh, and we'll get to that. As far as I can still tell, Star Command is basically these two people. We, yeah, yes. And then Alicia, like, I don't know, fucking builds it up from whoever else wants to join later, I guess. Like, that's what it feels like, at least. But it's hard to tell because we don't get to see what Alicia gets up to. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, Alicia is such an interesting character. Yeah, it's too bad we don't know anything about her. <laughs> but this this next scene is is possibly the saddest thing you could put to film played to incredibly triumphant music. Because... So... so <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. When I saw the trailer, I thought this happened all at once. <laughs> Yeah, I, and I can't have been the only one to think that because when I saw it, I was like, "Oh, that's an interesting story." But no, <laughs> so Buzz shoots off into space to test the new fuel source. If the fuel source breaks down at a certain speed, like seventy percent of light speed. Now, I do have one issue, mm-hmm. and I don't want to. I could spend the the whole of our time talking about this one issue, but I'm not going to. Uh Uh-huh. I might join you with that. So we have to be careful. He gets gets to 50% of light speed pretty okay. Why don't they go home? If he could get to 50% light speed and just stay there, they could just take twice as long to go home. And if it was going to take them a few months to go home, it'll take them six months. If it was going to take them a few years, it'll take them six years. That's fine. I don't know if hyperspeed is faster than light. It can't be. It can't be faster than light because they measure it. They fucking measure it as 1C, which is just light speed. Right. They never attempt to go faster than that until the twist happens and we find out that somebody did. But also, 
also. These motherfuckers are scientists. They're engineers. They're space travelers. They've been traveling in space they're, for God yes, knows how long. They're and space they travelers. And they're, and they're fucking space rangers. And they don't take into account time dilation and relativity when they run this test. Everybody is surprised when Buzz comes back and it turns out that four years have passed in real time. But for him, it was only four minutes because they didn't fucking think of relativity. That's the the one thing you think of. And do you know what was really irritating to me? I thought, I had assumed that if the, if the fuel works, then, I don't know, maybe it takes you outside of space. You know, like... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, like hyperspace. hyperspace or Z-space or, or however, <laughs> whatever other sci-fi things do this. Right. Yeah. I thought it takes you outside of space so that you don't time dilate. But here's the thing. It doesn't. Because he does get a perfect fuel source, which means this is a known thing. They all should have known about this already. Here's my thought on it is one, at the beginning of the movie, they are in suspended animation, right? They're they're cryostasis and shit. And we never know why. We never know why. Because but if it's if it's just to land somewhere and build a colony, then they did it and Buzz can chill the fuck And he out. can chill yeah, and he can fucking <laughs> calm down. But I'm wondering like He's, he tries very hard to get them home. Are there other humans wherever home is? Because that feels are, important. Are right? they all the humans? Like, what is this? Is the problem right? Is why are they fucking out here? Why does the what? Like, yeah. what, and like Buzz, keep, Buzz and Alicia keep talking about like we're the only two space rangers on this entire ship. We want to go back and be space rangers again. And it's like, what does that mean? What does that right. mean, Buzz? Because. We don't know anything about this world that you've left behind. The only thing we know is this planet and the fact that everybody else seems to be pretty cool with staying here except for you. Well, I calculated it at the end and he has been on the planet trying to do or mostly off the planet, right? Flying around, trying to do his job for two weeks. Yeah. (laughs) And everybody else has been here for 60 years. So they've been like, they've... They've gotten that first burst of we need to get out of here, out of their system. Well, but and but you you also mentioned earlier, right? Like point five C isn't an insignificant amount of time. They could have put everybody no. back on the fucking turnip and launched at point five C and just put them back in suspended animation. That would have been fine. I mean, I'm trying to. I don't think there's a number that would make it ridiculous because like there's no way it's going to take them 500 years to get where they're going and they can't do it in a thousand because that's just that's just not feasible that's not that's not how they're moving they are sorry i just remembered i think at the beginning of the movie they are 47 light years away from wherever it is that they started are they trying to go back i don't know okay no sorry it's 4.2 4.2 million light years away from where they started. I am sorry. <laughs> what are they doing? <laughs> like, it just doesn't make. And I don't. Again, I don't, the last thing I want this to be is just us like talking about this forever. But this is the the entire plot of this film hinges on us understanding this, and the basic math is so fucked up. And like they never talk <laughs> about it. They never talk about it. Other than Buzz really wants to go home, but we don't know what that means. Right, we don't even know what home is. Gotta be great if they gave him a sibling, a parent, somebody, a wife, somebody back a wife. home. Uh, Buzz Lightyear can't have a wife. That's weird. No, Buzz Lightyear can't have a wife. A wife, he's married to space. He's, he's ma- no, he's um, married to Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
I. <laughs> the, uh, but so this is a fundamental problem with the entire like the, the entire point of this movie, which is what Buzz Lightyear wants doesn't make any sense. And that will become a huge problem later, right? Because there's no good reason for him to want this. And there's this horrible montage. And I'm not saying it's horrible because it's bad. I'm saying it's horrible because it makes me, the viewer, feel bad. Because there is literally entire an entire movie was written and directed by, uh, by fucking Christopher Nolan about how this montage sucks and feels bad. <laughs> So it's Buzz Lightyear, he's doing this for, I said it was about like two weeks, right? And every time he goes out there, like four more years have passed. So like he goes out there and Alicia's pregnant. And he goes out there and comes back and like, he sees her kid. And then her kid is graduating from college. And like, he keeps- They have a college now. He keeps doing it. And he is, yeah, they have a college now. (laughs) doing it and he is just like so beaten down by this experience and is so clearly awful and we're seeing everybody else get on with their lives these bombastic fucking trumpets are playing the whole time which is very like dissociating yes it's it's very odd and then in the final scene he comes back and alicia has left a holographic message for him explaining that she's going to die before he gets here there is a movie that I don't I don't recommend anybody watch, but if you are in the mood to see this done well and also see this be the focal point of an entire movie, I think it's called Voices from a Distant Star. It is this, uh, but you know it's doing its own thing. It's uh it's it was written and directed by uh, Makoto Shinkai, who I believe was the Your Voice guy. Oh, or okay. your name, your name, your name. Sorry, your name. Um, which is fantastic. Also, I wish I just watched your name. I didn't know it was on the table. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, this is the saddest fucking thing that can happen to a human being. Like, but Buzz has made a sacrifice that no one asked him to make and has gained, has gained nothing from it. It does seem like they haven't made any progress in the 40 years he's been doing this. Oh, except one person has made progress. So we need to introduce the best character in this movie. Socks. Who is way overpowered. So actually, Socks, Socks is gonna, is going to be, I love Socks as, as a character. I think he's a lot of fun. I think he's the only thing that breathes life into this movie. Yes. But there is one big problem with Socks, which is Buzz Lightyear hates autopilots. Yes. But Socks could totally fly a ship. And I don't mean to say that this is the only problem with Socks. What I mean is, later there's a joke about how the robots from the future, can only say Zerk. But Sox can speak perfectly fine. So there's this weird issue of Sox being a sidekick character has made him more powerful than any other piece of technology. Sox is a robot cat, I feel like I should say. He's a robot cat, he's a therapy cat, and he has a fully sentient artificial intelligence in the body of this robot cat. He figures out how to make this light speed fuel. He hijacks uh a spaceship at a later part of the movie he can fix spaceships he overrides like and hacks into the entirety of like the colony's databases socks is really good too good too useful (laughs) 
Do you know what he's kind of like? He's kind of like the robot that they gave Buzz as a sidekick in the other movie, except they except he never got broken and made lame. Yeah, and they did. Yeah, they let him be cool and funny, unlike XR. Yeah, Socks is great. I think Socks has had usually has the best jokes, but also Socks as a character because they're like a robot cat mm-hmm. doesn't need to have like growth. Because Sox's character change happens within like two minutes when Buzz is like, they are going to decommission you and take you away from me. Sox is immediately like, cool, I've gone rogue. <laughs> Let's do this. We are criminals now. Which immediately answers the question, why were they decommissioning? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like apparently all of the, and there was a, I, like not going to lie, there was like a hot minute when I was like, oh shit, do you, like I, I bet like Zerg is going to be like, Sox like a decommission. Yeah, like a decommissioned socks. That would be great. That would have been a better. That would have been something. <laughs> that would have been a movie. So yeah, they they have to because this new guy who's running the yeah Alicia's replacement um, Alicia's replacement because this new yeah. guy doesn't believe in this flying off the planet anymore. Um, he's weirdly dismissive of Buzz Lightyear, who is probably a hero. Uh, <laughs> Like a legend, right? I don't know, right? Like if it, they, it's it's one of those things where they have made like a society and a culture there that Buzz as a person has not interacted with at all. I know, but that would sort of make him like a legendary hero character to me. It's like there's this guy. Like imagine if Buzz Aldrin was always like, "I'm gonna keep going to the moon." I'm gonna keep going to the moon. Um, <laughs> I'm like, okay. I don't know. I feel like it could be something. But here's the thing. He's very dismissive about this. He doesn't explain his reasoning as to why they should not leave the planet. I mean, Buzz never explains why they should, right? Right. <laughs> so This could but, be a fight. This could be an argument, which would be more interesting. But it's not. They could talk about why they feel this way, maybe. But they don't. And so Buzz just steals a ship with socks. I do like that Socks being decommissioned is is the thing that pushes him over the edge. I so- Socks is a straight up G. He was instantly ready to like betray. Yeah, ride or die. And so they go onto the ship and they test out. So- Socks has figured out uh, the perfect formula for making hyperdrive fuel. By the way, uh, Buzz told him to work on it instead of giving him therapy for the last forty years. And so they go into space, they test it, and they do it. They get to light speed. Yay. And they come back, and 22 years have passed. The laser shield is up and running. Also, yeah, the colony has a laser shield now. Yeah, because the plants kept breaking into the colony and grabbing people. And it was mostly fine, but you had to, like, be cutting down plants a lot. Yeah, annoying, but I definitely get, like, if we can figure out a way that this doesn't have to be a constant problem, we're just going to do that. Um, if your commute could not be dragging, being dragged along the ground by grass, that'd be just wonderful. Although it would be fast. Maybe, yeah. I mean, they seem to move. They're pretty smart. I can't believe they didn't try to, like, do some sort of, like, ecologically friendly integration into this planet's ecosystem, but whatever. What's wild to me is actually the more I think about it, the more it's like... Why were those plants grabbing people? What was the other end of that plant? We don't find out. <laughs> yeah, this is like a living planet. What what does it need us for? What is it? Where where was it going to take Buzz and the rookie had it been allowed to? If there's just like a big Audrey two head on the other side of the planet, that'd be great. Oh, and then it would be, and then we'd have a musical. We'd have a fucking Disney movie. <laughs> 
Buzz crash lands and he and is immediately uh, intercepted by uh, one of the most evil looking costumes I have ever seen. We'd seen the Space Rangers or the the uh, uh, Star Command. We'd seen the Star Command using these before when they attacked Buzz. Um, yeah, but yeah, they're pretty spooky costumes. It's it's like straight up like if you've ever played a cyberpunk game where you have like faceless Nazi cops, that's what <laughs> these look like, and they're the good guys. Well, and they're not the good guys, but they're but they are. They're there's like uh there's like one scene where it's like, oh maybe these are the bad guys <laughs> and then it's done. And then like, no, they're the good guys. Uh they're the they're also they're called like the Z Squad or something like that, which is like, why would you do that? <laughs> I assume they're the Z Squad because all the other squads have good letters. A through Y have they're been like taken. the last ones. But I mean, I it's it's there because it's you're supposed to be like, oh, are these gonna be like working for Zerg? But no, that's right. it, just it's a lazy fake out. No, this is this is some royal mystery tier. Uh, <laughs> yes, <out>. absolutely. <laughs> the, the, we find out that this person in this incredibly evil-looking costume is Izzy Hawthorne, Alicia's granddaughter. Mm-hmm. And Buzz is immediately like, great, this is awesome. Let's work together. And also, what is happening? And what is happening is there's evil robots that just say Zerg. That's it. That's all we know. Yeah, uh, they showed up like a couple weeks ago and we uh, call them Zerg because that's all they say. And they have been attacking the colony f- since then. And we got stuck out here and that sucks for us. But we have a plan to go up there, blow up the ship, and save everybody. And Buzz is like, fantastic, let's do this shit. But it doesn't go according to plan. Can I say this? So my main problem with the Z-Squad is that only Izzy is important to Buzz or the plot. And, like, as a character, she's the only one who's even a little bit interesting to me. But my actually, my main problem is... It's been about half an hour, maybe a little more. We're like halfway through this movie before we meet Buzz's team for the movie. Yeah. And that's too long. We don't have enough time to get to know these characters and then go on a space adventure. And the real fucked up thing is that we are still going to take the next 30 to 45 minutes left of this only 105 minute runtime. We're going to take another 30 minutes of it to try and do the like stock standard plot you would expect out of this cast of characters, which is Buzz doesn't believe in them. They let him down. He yells at them. Everyone's sad. He apologizes. And now we're a team and we get to work together, except actually we do that like three times. There is an extremely, I was, I would say offended by the extremely ham-handed line, we don't need you to save us, we need you to join us. Ugh. <laughs> because I was like, you can't just tell me what you, like, you can't just wrap that up in a gift basket and just give it to me, movie. Yeah. You have to let the subtext be subtext little. Um, And the thing that bothers me is that Puzzleyer of Star Command did this and maybe did it better. No, it definitely did it better, but like, and right? Like that's, that's what's the frustrating weird about thing. it. People definitely didn't work as hard on that movie. 
there's a little bit of freedom, right, that comes with like, well, we're just making like a dumb Saturday morning cartoon. No one who matters, no one who has money is looking at this thing we're making and going, well, you can't do that. What about the brand? And so there were a little bit of freedom and maybe it could have been, maybe it breathed a little easier. Also, this movie doesn't have aliens in it. I don't know. That's fucked up, right? Like, That's weird. I, uh, <laughs> Oh, but it does have a galactic alliance, apparently. How? Where? (laughs) I haven't seen it. (laughs) Prove it to me, the viewer, that this exists. Zerg is also not an evil emperor. I just, he's not. He's, he's like, maybe an evil captain. (laughs) Tops. Uh, yeah. He, he's essentially like, uh, a, he's essentially just a pirate. He's just a pirate, but like, he's different because he's from the future. I don't know if you want to narrow in onto any of this team building stuff that they do. I, I genuinely don't give a shit about it. It is not good. Like, but like their, their ship blows up. They have to get another ship. They fly that ship, something and that blows up. It's fine. Whatever. And then, and then. Uh, and then uh, Buzz gets kidnapped by Zerg, and everyone's sad. And Buzz get and this, and we get this is the thing. This is the thing that the movie's been leading up to, and it shouldn't have taken <sighs> us this long to get here. But we need to talk about it now. All right, <laughs> let's hit it. Zerg reveals to Buzz that he is Buzz, but from an alternate universe where he successfully um so the difference is he sorry i didn't mean to take this away from you no go for it go for it <laughs> so the difference is he 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 did that final test correctly he mm-hmm. landed he's like i did it i can finally get us home and he is subsequently arrested by star command except he's not because he just blasts off and away and flies off again because he did steal their ship and honestly, he should have been okay with the repercussions of that as long as it got his mission finished. That's why I thought we were doing, but it's not. So he's so mad that he shoots off into space and goes so fast that he ends up in the future, finds this ship, this one that's just the inside of it's the Death Star, um, and the outside of it is a generic bad guy ship. It is the most evil-looking Halo-ass shit I have ever seen. And he's like, well, I guess this is mine now. He finds the ship apparently empty and just takes it? I And I, I know I've already asked this question before, but what was it doing there? Why was it empty? <laughs> I want more of this stuff. <laughs> It just all seems so stupid and coincidental. Because the Zerg armor is just a thing. By the way, all the robots say Zerg because they're trying to say Buzz. And I'm trying, I'm supposed to, you're supposed to believe that they can't say Buzz. He says that. He says that. All they, they can't say my name, so they just say Zerg. And I was like, what? nothing in the words Buzz Lightyear has Zerg anywhere fucking near that fucking quadrant you are so far away this is the laziest excuse for this yeah no it's miserable so then his plan is he goes back in time this is as far back as he can go because he broke his time stuff his 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 light speed crystal and we saw the computer that had calculated it was broken earlier 
Except that the cat's also a computer, and he figured it out once. So you would think he could just figure it out again. It's not. He could have just figured it out again. It only took him forty-two years or so. Like you've been spending. Why hasn't the cat been working on this? You still have socks, evil future socks. Well, future socks. (laughs) More future socks. So future buzz or as i will call him zerg because the movie has decided these are two different people arbitrarily and later buzz is totally okay with killing him twice man buzz is so quickly is like yeah i can fucking kill this guy he's just me and like i get it i like i'm there with you but the movie again (laughs) spends no time with this decision it's just well this is where the movie listen we have to kill evil buzz for this movie to go anywhere also nobody else nobody else figures out that that's what's going on it's kind of important that they don't i think (laughs) there's i my trust in buzz Lightyear would erode immediately (laughs) it's bananas that this movie gets away with and no one knows what actually happened (laughs) Buzz gets to just live with that until he dies. (laughs) I almost erased the past, and then I killed myself and didn't. So Zerg wants Buzz to join him because they they have the same thing. They want to rewrite all of their mistakes. But Buzz is like, wait a second, but these people have had lives this whole time. And fucking yeah, they did, Buzz. I realized that 15 minutes into the movie. Where have you been? (laughs) Dude, there was a montage about it that you were a part of. You didn't realize it then? (laughs) It it was just, it was so irritating that this is apparently the lesson he has to learn. Because, yeah, man. And that's it. That's the big question of the movie. We're done. No other character growth happens to Buzz. He never even really, like, comes to accept rookies. Like, I guess, I guess the real question, I guess the real the real message of the movie is that you have to, like, accept your mistakes because everybody has a thing in their movie where they're like, oh, no, I made a mistake and now I'm a failure. And somebody else has to be like, no, you're not a failure. Um, You have worth. I I guess that's it. But frankly, for, for a movie about, like, Space fighting? That's- uh, yeah, and like the go- like defeating an alternate version, future version of yourself who's evil and watching your friend grow old and die. It's some real like five-year-old kindergarten shit yeah. <laughs> to be like. And also, it's okay to make mistakes. But yeah, Zerg is lame. Zerg is off model. <laughs> he, it's, it's so close to being a good idea. And I get it. You can't, you couldn't make it his dad because, but I don't know why you couldn't, but you couldn't. Because they refuse to be that camp. They don't want to deal with it, but they should have made it his dad. It should. And then, and you guess what? That would have been another question that I wish I had the answer to. Like, what the fuck? Do you know what happened? I had an amazing feeling in the first half of this movie. An amazing feeling where I was sitting here. Watching Buzz's best friend get old and live a life entirely without him. And he was just right across in in the apartment. And he never interacted with her because he was always shooting off into space. And I was thinking, this is some deep emotional shit. And later, Zerg's gonna show up. And they managed to (laughs) ruin that feeling. (laughs) I love the idea of, like, this is the dumbest... Like, this is the most miserable, saddest crap. And later, the 
and at some point an <laughs> evil galactic villain. emperor the is going to show up emperor with three guns on his hands and he's going to be like i i'm going to take over the galaxy and that includes this planet and it's like curse you buzz lightyear yeah how is buzz going to get out of this one right I wanted the catharsis of, like, then this becomes a dumb movie. You you had that feeling of that one person who wanted to watch Godzilla on a plane, but accidentally was watched a romantic comedy. I am so psyched that you thought of that, too. Because, <laughs> yes. It wasn't even, it wasn't even a romantic comedy. It was like a family drama or something. It was like, all these people being miserable. He's like, and also Godzilla's gonna show up. Show up. I, yes, I want that. Is that so bad? There was a moment, like, we were like 40, 45 minutes from the end of this movie, right? Or 45 minutes into this movie, Zerg shows up for the first time. He sounds like the robot from the new Doom video game which I was really into. And I was like literally sitting there like, how the fuck are they going to wrap? How are they, how are they going to explain all of this in 15 minutes? Especially when we've already wasted 30 minutes, like having this awful team building exercise, they've bit off more than they can chew. And then the cop out of like, Oh, it's just, I'm just you from the future and I'm evil and nihilistic and I don't respect human life. And it's like, nah, this isn't it. This is nothing. It's nothing. Yeah, I literally just wrote boo in my notes. <laughs> I stopped taking notes because I was so miserable. Um, and I was also eating ribs at the time, which is the real reason I stopped taking notes. But then when I was I, done I eating ribs, I didn't start taking notes again. <laughs> it, again, there's there's so much potential and but the the like bare bones script of this movie, the words that people are saying and the things that are happening are just so bad and boring and they squander such a good opportunity. Zerg could have just been a crazy evil robot like the Joker. It would kind of been a good moment to show you that like, you know, Buzz is needed on this world. Yeah, a person like Buzz is needed. We need people like this. But instead, it's literally just Buzz causes all of his own problems, which I knew from the beginning. <laughs> it's the opposite, too. At the end, I'm like, maybe we should get rid of Buzz, actually. Apparently, he can just turn evil at the drop of a hat. The moment he, like, forgets to tie his shoe this morning, he becomes Zerg. Do you know who thought of that, though? Is the new commander of <laughs> of this uh, of the Space Force or whatever. He thought to himself, if I don't give Buzz something to do, he's going to keep shooting ships into the sun. So he he tells Buzz to restart the Space Rangers with his new fun band, and he just sends them out into space. Go and go protect the Galactic Alliance, which consists of us. Mostly of us at the moment. A slapdash colony on a single planet. <laughs> but we're in space, so let's let's start we had a, every Galactic Alliance has to start somewhere. Yeah. They start in space. It works. And that's the movie. I didn't think I was gonna agree with Tim Allen about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know if he commented on the movie itself, but yeah, it's not that good. <laughs> it's here's the the thing is. Listen, I don't. Tim Allen being a part of this movie wasn't going to make it better. It just would have made Buzz sound like Buzz. 
Chris Evans was doing a Tim Allen voice, though, which was a little weird. I thought he was just going to sound like Chris Evans. Same. He does. But I will say his Tim Allen voice in the first five minutes of this movie is a lot stronger. It fades back. (laughs) As soon as as soon as we finish the montage, he just sounds like slightly more baritone Captain America for the rest of the movie. Which makes sense because at that point he's functionally Captain America anyway. Yeah, but like, why? Why bother then? Like, why not just sound like you, man? Like, like you're not a voice actor, dude. Like, it's cool. You could just sound like yourself. There's like a, an interview where they're like, "Oh, we we didn't want to use uh, Tim Allen at all because we didn't want people to think about the Toy Story movies, which is the stupidest fucking sentence in the history of mankind." But also, it would have been so fun to have Evil Buzz be just the Tim Allen voice, just Tim oh, that Allen. That would be kind of fun. And I know why, and again, they can't do that because Tim Allen is like a weirdo now. But how great would that have been? (laughs) (sighs) The entire like Buzz Lightyear toy in the Toy Story franchise was, it was created to be like a facsimile of, of like where children's media was trending at the time in the 90s. And like, Zerg making the I am your father joke was like just like again it was a joke wrap up of the arc but yeah between him and other buzz like this is all ridiculous nonsense shit because this is a movie about toys struggling with feelings of of insecurity and nihilism and figuring out how to get to the other end of that and believe in Christ or something I don't know where I was going with that mm, okay (laughs) obsolescence but you went in a different direction (laughs) (laughs) no but yeah like it's a it's a the the toy story movies because they're so ridiculous because these are just toys and they're feeling all of these feelings and like these are very human feelings that like kids go through and adults Mm -hmm. go through and like the movies don't really have clear answers on on what you can do about it other than you know it's okay to feel this and this is these are things you can do to like move past it and like that they really hit on something special there with that ridiculous juxtaposition that started with the brave little toaster and to see them then take that and try to make it a serious movie and fail so hard this is what like what is the opposite of a grand slam like this is a this is a batter getting struck out but the third strike was like a pitch straight to the nads like it's That's- such a <laughs> failure that's not how baseball works. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it just it just feels bad. It feels bad to watch. Uh, and I honestly don't know who it's for. I assume it's for like a new generation of kids, but I don't think kids would enjoy it as much as they would if you just put on a Toy Story movie. Yeah, why Why would you, why would, and like, like if your kid doesn't give a shit about Toy Story, why would they give a shit about this movie? Like, there is so much science fiction content out there for kids. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I mean, this movie has look aesthetically. This movie looks pretty cool. There, it's like it has that like crunchy tech that I like. Sort of space eighties. Yeah, yeah. It's like really living in that moment aesthetically, and like uh, other. But like again, Star Wars exists. Like right. Like we we don't right. need more of that. Why wouldn't these kids just watch a star like what one of the five million Star Wars shows that exist? Why would they watch this unless they cared about Toy Story? But if you did care about Toy Story, this is a miserable time. This yeah. may cost. Oh, you did find something. 
I did find something. What I found out is ridiculous that this movie cost $200 million to make, which is in, in, an, an insane amount of money. Uh, and it made a uh, uh, worldwide in theaters made $222 million. So it was a success, but. But they they wouldn't call that a success. Yeah, in terms of like Disney, that's a hard that's a hard f failure. Like they were expecting this to be a, a billion dollar movie. Well, gosh, maybe if there was something in it for kids. I mean, frankly, more so than anything else, it made me want to watch Wally again. I think I have a few of the same problems with Wally, honestly. But Wally has like a a reason to exist as art. Well, yeah. <laughs> Wally also has a moral to it that Toy Story, there, sorry, that, that Lightyear doesn't. Wally has a very actionable moral, a very useful moral about environmentalism. Yeah, and like also, like Wally is saying, like also, Wally also just hap- just by, because of how its story is structured, has a lot to say about like love and like why it matters. <laughs> like, I do have to tell you this because I don't know if you know, because this took me by surprise. There is a post-credit scene for this movie. So I did know that, but I only found it out because I turned this off during the credits because nothing really was happening in the credits. Yeah, I same. Only I found also it out because uh, Jamie was on the TV tropes for this movie, and she found it. So apparently, there are like three post-credit scenes. Are you shitting me? That's what I read. Um, there are like two jokes and one reveal that Zerg is still alive whatever shrug that is ridiculous Ugh. i mean like yeah i guess uh there that definitely proves to me that they were expecting this to be a franchise potential <laughs> well it wouldn't make any sense if there was the video game or buzz like your fight zerg if zerg was dead <laughs> <laughs> that okay yeah let's i, I do want to go back to the beginning right like this is the movie that convinced Andy, he wanted a Buzz Lightyear toy for Christmas. Are you fucking sure you didn't fall asleep, Andy? Let me talk about, we didn't talk about this, really. But like, in the opening scene, Buzz Lightyear is dressed as Buzz Lightyear. And then, for most of the rest of the movie, he's not. Yes. He will eventually get his Space Ranger gear back on, but for a while, he's just dressed like a normal astronaut. And why? He's on an alien planet that's constantly attacking him. For what reason? It's already a spacesuit. And I know the reason. It's that this was supposed to be a serious movie. But that's a bad reason. It's a terrible reason. But like what I what I what I was gonna say is is like I think the beginning of this movie is a lie. I don't think this movie convinced Andy of anything. Because <laughs> I I don't I I went I went to Target the day after I watched that movie and I saw <laughs> a, a Lightyear branded Buzz Lightyear toy sitting next to a classic Toy Story branded Buzz Lightyear toy and immediately I was like why the fuck would I ever why the fuck would I ever buy a like a, a toy where Buzz is in his normal ass spacesuit what the fuck no it doesn't even have Karate Chop action. he never karate chops anything in this movie by the way no he doesn't he karate chops the air a little bit when he's alone that's what happens this movie so does not want him to be like a fucking Captain Kirk-esque hero but it's what he needs to be in order for this movie to work 
It's what he's supposed to be. He's supposed to just be Captain Kirk. Maybe a little less fucky. Yeah, sure. I mean, may- maybe not, right? Why not? <laughs> who, who, this movie could have been anything in the world. and and it. But what it wanted to be was two-bit Star Wars with less happening. I feel like I have not seen a Pixar movie that resonated with me in so long. And I feel like part of the problem is that, I'm one, I'm older. I'm just an older mm-hmm. person. I'm, I am I am no longer as attracted to these kinds of stories anymore. And I, I, I'm always just willing to go back and watch the ones I watched when I was a kid. But I also feel like as time goes on, the people who are in charge of making big decisions for what these movies need to be is we're going through a generational change. And I think there are people at Pixar who want to make truly diverse and new stories that appeal to younger generations, stuff like Turning Red and Luca, which I haven't seen, Mm -hmm. but I've heard really good things about. But then you have like Incredibles 2 and Lightyear and stuff that's being made by like the old guard that just fundamentally shows me that like, you you guys are no longer are asking interesting questions because you're just not there emotionally anymore. <laughs> and that's sad. I feel like there are some creators who can go on their entire lives and still find curious things to talk about. And then you just have stuff like Onward, which I just didn't give a shit about. Like, I just I don't need I just don't like no part of me wants to watch like a teen D&D fantasy movie about why dads matter. Like, I don't need that in my life. And I like my dad, you know? I just... <laughs> I just didn't need it. I was looking at the list of Pixar movies, and I was looking and I was thinking, I bet Andy resonated. I bet Coco was good. So I didn't like Coco. I thought you told me you cried during Coco. I did. But you didn't like it. Okay. I didn't like Coco. So here's the thing. I guess I just assumed that the powerful emotional reaction meant positive things. I have a lot of complicated feelings about Coco, and I don't think I could get into them because it would take me like an hour to talk about it. <laughs> we, we don't we don't need to get into it. That's unnecessary. It's just like, well, if you weren't into Coco, then it has to be like years and years, even before Coco came out, that you last watched a Pixar movie that you liked. Because it wasn't the good dinosaur, and it probably wasn't Finding Dory. I liked Toy Story 4. I did. Um, But Toy Story 4 is, like, not a movie that's for kids. That's a movie that was made for me, specifically. (laughs) For adults who grew up watching Toy Story. Yeah, like, that's a movie that's like, hey, man, it's time to let go. And I was like, you're (laughs) right, it is. And then Lightyear comes out, and I was like, I thought we let go. (laughs) What happened? (laughs) I thought we were letting go. Thank you for listening to Direct Video VHS. I have been your host, Tony Robusto. I have been your host, Andy Reyes. You can find me on Twitter at TheaterBets or at InspiredByTheaterBets.org. You can find me on Twitter at Royalty underscore Valens, or you can find me at my other podcast, TimeHonoredPictures.com, where we just wrapped up Rebecca. And I think after that, we're watching The Grapes of Wrath. When are you going to get to a space adventure? Ooh. You know, I never? I think maybe never. (laughs) Maybe never? We don't get to watch a fantasy movie until Lord of the Rings Rings. 3. Wild. With the third one. And we're not planning to watch the first two in preparation. Well, I mean, it would take nine hours. 
That's that's so much. That's so much movie. Yeah, I'll just watch the third one. Like I hear it's good, so I hope it holds up without the first two. Uh, man, I haven't I, seen this movie. Okay, I was gonna say I had to check that that was a joke. I haven't seen this movie since I was in high school. Yeah, me neither. Because who has the time? <laughs> oh, honestly, you went to like a real college. I feel like college is the place where you see those movies because somebody just puts them on. It's like we're gonna we're gonna stay up all night. I was invited no less than three times to a Lord of the Rings extended edition watch party, and I went to none of them because uh, I had homework to do and anime to watch and video games to play. Which I guess tells you all you need to know about Andy. It's true. I don't do any of those things now. <laughs> and I just sit here and I watch Lightyear all the time. <laughs> you can find the podcast at directu.video. And leave us a review on iTunes. We appreciate five stars. Or whatever your podcatcher is. That's not iTunes. If they have reviews on those, probably they do. Sometimes, somewhere. I know Spotify does. They have like a a thing, like a thumbs up or something. Okay. We're on Spotify, I think. I think I went to the trouble of putting us on Spotify at some point. (laughs) I have not done that. I just started using iTunes as my podcast app and it's terrible. I hate it so much, but Yeah, don't do that. But the other one wasn't getting updated anymore, so it didn't work. <laughs> and thank you, Rosevere, for Planet E off the album Trappist Trappist One. I thought this was gonna be more fun than it was. Yeah, me too. This was <laughs> um This was surprisingly a bit of a letdown. <laughs> I wanna say I was ready to enjoy this movie. Yeah, same. I wanted to like it. I've been hearing some bad stuff about it, and I figured it was mostly, like, passive-aggressive people who wanted just another Toy Story movie. But it just wasn't good. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't even heard anything about it. I was just like, oh, wow, this movie, like, came and went. That's not good. What are we doing next time? Can we do Hercules now? I was gonna ask if you wanted to do Hunchback. Ooh, that's also a good one. Back to the Roots. The problem, I'll tell you the problem with Hunchback, and we're gonna obviously get into it, but we get into it. But, uh, you know what? Why don't we stop the podcast? Yeah, I was gonna say, I, let me, I'm gonna watch it, right? Let's, we'll, yeah, let's we'll watch there. it. Let's watch it. I am the ghost of John Smith. Ooh. I am absolutely down to watch Hunchback of Notre Dame and Hunchback of Notre Dame 2. At least Hunchback of Notre Dame 2 is going to be terrible in a way that is, like, laughable, right? I hope so, but I also, like, I haven't seen the Hunchback of Notre Dame, I think, ever. Really? Yeah. And you, right, you would think, right? Because, like. Because I met you, yeah. Yeah. Because we do this podcast together. Yeah, because we do this podcast. And also, just like, as a, I just, I watched so much Disney shit growing up. Mm hmm. But, like, I, I don't think I ever had any interest in it. Um, well, that's at all. fair because, um, and I want you to be able to form your own opinion, but I think it's kind of a bad movie. <laughs> I mean, if you're a Catholic in, in the United States, you were either obsessed with that or Prince of Egypt, and I was a Prince of Egypt kid all the way. I see. The bad guy in Hunchback is the, um... The Cardinal. The Cardinal, so it's not, like, the best view of the Catholic Church. No. 